Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am your host, Matt Love. And once again, we are, I'm not here with Pastor JD because occasionally on the podcast, we like to pull clips from Pastor JD's sermons um, because a lot of times we're thinking about some of these big questions that people are asking. A lot of times, Pastor JD has done a really good job of answering them in his sermons. And so we can pull these clips out and just share some quick wisdom from Pastor JD from his sermons. And so we're going to do that today. Um, And I think this is a really, really good question. Um, The question today is, what does it mean practically to follow Jesus? So I know for a lot of us that have been walking with Jesus for a long time um, or are are trying to help somebody... Uh, unpack what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Sometimes it just, what does it practically mean? Um, what does it mean to walk with Jesus? Um, and so Pastor JD is going to unpack this today, and I hope it is really helpful for you guys. Verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and there he found Philip and said to him, follow me. All right, let's review what we've seen thus far. Jesus appears before us as the Lamb of God who alone can take away our sins. He asks us what we're really searching for in life. He gives us a new name. And now he extends to us the essential invitation of the gospels, follow me, or in Hebrew, lehacharai, which to me just sounds cooler than follow me, doesn't it? Lehacharai. What does it mean to become a Christian? What's it mean to become a Christian? According to the gospels, very simply, to become a Christian is to begin to follow Jesus. It's not to start being perfect. It's not to know every answer to every theological question. It's not to get perfect church attendance. It's not to change your life in a bazillion different ways. Simply, it's follow Jesus. Jesus invites people everywhere, anywhere to follow him. Now, I just want to acknowledge a lot of people don't know exactly what that means. I mean, back then when Jesus said, follow me, it was pretty straightforward. You literally just followed him. He went that way. You went that way. But today, he's not physically here anymore. He's invisible. So what does it mean to follow him? What does it mean to follow him in college? What does it mean to follow him in your career? Great question. Back in those days, when you wanted to follow a rabbi, you would go and sit at the feet of that rabbi, and that rabbi would begin to examine you with questions and put you through a series of tests to see if you were worthy of being their disciple. If you passed all those tests, they would invite you to follow them, at which point you would literally go everywhere with them, listening to everything they taught, watching all the ways that they interacted, and then trying to imitate their every move. A guy named Ray von der Lahn, who is a historian who specializes in first century Israel, said that in those days, the greatest praise that you could give to a Talmud, which was the Hebrew word for disciple, the greatest praise you could give to a a Talmud, a disciple, was the dust of your rabbi is all over you. That did not mean, dude, you're dirty. Go take a shower. It meant you have followed your rabbi so closely that you have heard everything he has said, you've seen everything he's done, and everything he has stepped in has splashed up on you. Now, all that should give you a picture of what it means to follow Jesus. In fact, here's Ray von der Lahn's definition. A Talmud, a disciple, is somebody who seeks not only to know what his master knows, he also wants to do whatever his master did. Two elements there. You see them? The first is learning. You want to know what your master knows. Listen, I don't know any other way to say this. If you want to be a disciple, there's a lot of learning involved. If you're serious about being a disciple, your life is gonna be filled with a lot of learning, a lot of listening to messages, being regular in church, reading books, participating in small groups, some leadership cohorts, and seeking to grow in your knowledge. 
You say, but I'm not really an academic kind of person. Look, you don't have to be. I'm just saying that if you're in love with somebody, you're gonna learn all about them. And that's a big part of the Christian life. But see, that's just half of the discipleship formula. The other half is doing. A disciple does not merely want to know what his master knows. He or she also wants to do what his master does. How did he live? What were his priorities? What was his general agenda? When I was in high school, this bracelet became really popular. I still see people wearing them today, in fact. Um, This first came out in 1989 when I was in high school. And uh, I told people that WWJD stood for Women Want JD. Um, That was high school JD's sense of humor, okay? But of course, what it really stands for is what would Jesus do? Comes from an old book written in the 1890s by a guy named Charles Sheldon. Book's called In His Steps. It's a fantastic book if you've never read it. But it's the story of a really wealthy young adult who took this invitation to imitate Jesus really seriously. And so he began to ask himself, in every situation, if Jesus were in my place, what would he do right now? What would Jesus do in this conversation? What would he do if he had my resources? What would Jesus do if he were presented with these alternatives that I have now right in front of me? What would Jesus do is not the only consideration in the Christian life, but it's a great place to start. Following Jesus means seeking to know what he knows and also do what he does. Around the summit, you will hear us simplify that into the five identities of the disciple. We say that basically to follow Jesus, you become these five things because these five things summarize the essence of Jesus' life. He was a worshiper, a family member, a servant, a steward, and a witness. As a worshiper, that means you'll be part of this weekend gathering regularly and consistently in the word and in prayer. As a family member, you're gonna be part of a smaller community of discipleship in our church. Since church is not an event you should attend, it's a family you belong to. So you're gonna be a family member and you'll be in something like a small group. As a servant, you're gonna commit to serving in our church and then through our church in our city. As a steward, you're gonna be committed to giving generously of your time, your talent, and your treasure. As a witness, you're gonna be praying for and sharing the gospel with friends in your life that don't know Jesus specifically you're one, you're one, which is that one person that you have identified that that God has put into your life to reach out to. A worshiper, a family member, a servant, a steward, and a witness. We call that our discipleship pathway, what it looks like, practically speaking, to follow Jesus. Verse 45, Philip then went and found a friend named Nathanael. And he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, Nathaniel said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes, that was as snobby as it sounds. Real quick, Nazareth was the redneck part of Israel. All dueling banjos and pickup trucks and spitting tobacco and marrying your cousins and whatnot out there. And Nathaniel was like, look, can anything good come out of that place? Veronica and I really appreciate this because I'm from Wheeling, West Virginia, and she is from Andalusia, Alabama. Can anything good come out of Wheeling, West Virginia, or Andalusia, Alabama. In college, my family lived in Yakinville, North Carolina. Can anything good come out of Yakinville? So for all of you, all of you from redneck, hole in the wall, wrong side of the tracks kind of towns, Jesus feels you. The thing was like, anything good come out of that place? Totally snobby. Philip said to him, come and see. <laughs> By the way, I love this. I love this as an evangelism strategy. Philip tells Nathaniel his story with Jesus, how amazing Jesus is. Then Nathaniel asks an antagonistic question. How can the Messiah possibly come out of Nazareth? 
Philip doesn't even attempt to answer it. He's like, hey, come see for yourself. Some of you have a friend that you want to tell Jesus about or tell about Jesus. But you're afraid of how that friend's going to react, aren't you? You just need to follow the example of Philip. Jesus does not need your help converting that person. He'll, he'll, he'll do all that. He is fully sufficient on his own. You just got to tell them your story like Philip did. And then when they ask you an antagonistic question, you just say, come and see for yourself. Come to our Christmas services with me. Hey, why don't we just read the Bible together? Jesus will do all the converting. You just got to extend the invitation. I always think of it like, like if you were charged to defend a caged lion. You don't need to defend the lion. Somebody's attacking, insulting the lion. Just open up the gate of the cage. The lion will do all his own defending. What I say is, hey, just come and see. All right, everybody. Well, there you go. I hope that was good for you. It was a good reminder. And uh, like I said, that was just a clip from a sermon that Pastor J.D. preached. So if you want to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s sermons um, in their entirety, you can hear sermons, podcasts, articles, all that kind of stuff can be found at jdgreer.com. We'd also encourage you to go ahead and leave a rating or a review because that just helps other people find the podcast. Um, And we hope you're back next time. The next question is going to be a really good one. Um, Maybe you should check it out. It's going to be about whether or not Christians can watch television shows or movies with nudity in that. So I don't know. Maybe that would be an interesting one to check out. Or you know someone that should listen to it. Maybe you have someone that you feel like that would be a good one for them to check out too. But that's going to be our next episode, and we'll see you next time on Ask Me Anything.